I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel of John in chapter 21. John in chapter 21, and we are going to look together as our text today at verses 15 through 25. John chapter 21, the closing of the Gospel of John, the story of Jesus. If you found your place, if you're able and willing, would you please stand together with me for the public reading of God's Word and uh, give you an opportunity to stretch one more time. You may have some extra layers on and uh, you may be getting sleepy, so we'll stretch for just a moment here. John in chapter 21, beginning at verse 15, the Word of God says, so when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, Thou shalt stretch forth thine hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith, to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren that the disciples should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, He shall not die, but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? This is the disciple which testifieth of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. I, I know your theme for 2021 20, that the Lord has laid on your pastor's heart is committed. I wanted to bring a message this morning in keeping with that. And so from this text, I'd like to speak on the subject, follow thou me. Let's go to the Lord together in prayer, and then we can be seated. Our Father and our God, we do thank you for this day. What, the, what a blessing and privilege it is to, on the Lord's day, to gather in your house and your name, to sing your praises, to lift our hearts in prayer, and Lord, to surrender and yield ourselves unto thee, and Lord, to seek that the Holy Spirit would instruct us from your word today. And Lord, I pray that as we look together at the scriptures, that more than anything, Lord, they will accomplish their purpose, and that being that it would reveal you unto us, that we would come to know you in a greater way today. And because we would know you better, we'd love you better, and we'd serve you more. I pray that you'd help each of us today to evaluate our life in light of the Scriptures and ask ourselves, are we truly following the Lord as we've been called to do? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I love the story of the young lady who 
really wanted to go to a certain college and she was filling out her application and she came to the question that asked, are you a leader? Well, she knew in her heart that she really was not a natural leader and wanting to be honest, she answered no. She sent in the application, but she feared that it would be denied because she was not a leader. To her surprise, just a couple of weeks later, she received a letter from the college's admission office and it read, Dear Applicant, a study of the application form submitted reveals that this year our college will have 1,452 new leaders. We are accepting you because we feel it is imperative that they have at least one follower. <laughs> As we come to the end of the final chapter of the Gospel of John, it serves to sort of tie up some loose ends of the story. And one of those loose ends is the fate of Simon Peter, the bold outspoken disciple who had miserably failed Jesus three times denying that he even knew the Lord. We certainly know that by God's grace, Simon Peter would end up being one of the greatest preachers and strongest leaders in the history of the church. But you see, folks, in the church of the Lord Jesus, there are no leaders who are not first followers. And Peter had to first be led by Jesus before he would ever in his life be used to lead others to follow the Lord. What we have recorded for us in these final verses of John and 21 has often been referred to as a restoration conversation that took place between Jesus and Peter. And it's an encouragement to all of us who at some time or another in our life have miserably failed the Lord, but also to those of us who have a genuine desire in our life to follow the Lord. You know, much has changed in the world since Jesus and Peter had this post-breakfast on the beach conversation over 2,000 years ago. But what Peter needed to hear that morning is the same thing that you and I need to hear this morning. And that message is simply this. Are you listening? Just follow Jesus. Just follow Jesus. That's it. Don't make the Christian life too complicated because in truth the Christian life is simple. Not easy, but simple. Jesus says to each of us, follow thou me. And if we will just commit to doing that each and every day for the rest of our life, everything else will have a way of just sort of falling in place. Follow Jesus. What I want to do this morning is I want to invite you to come along with me and I want us to listen to this restoration conversation that took place between Jesus and Peter because the same words that he spoke to him on that day is the message that you and I need to hear today as disciples who desire to follow the Lord in our life. We're going to find in this message uh, encouragement for how and why in our life we ought to follow Jesus all the days of our life. The first thing I want you to notice from this passage this morning is that Jesus is worthy of your complete affection. Amen? Jesus is worthy of your complete affection. Or in other words, He is worthy of you and I loving Him with all of our heart. That morning by the lake, Jesus was going to sort of recommission Peter for his life work. He was going to be a leader in the early church and in the work of the Lord, but the importance of Peter's labors for Jesus could not be separated from the issue of Peter's love for Jesus. 
You see, it was his affection for Christ that was going to drive his actions in the church. And what was true for Peter is also true for us. Listen to me now. Living for Jesus is a product of loving Jesus. It always starts with love. And I submit to you that everything we do in the work of Christ in this world should be an outflow of the love that we have in our heart for the Lord Jesus Christ. What we find in this restoration conversation is that Jesus is worthy. Didn't you love the song that was sung this morning about the worthiness of our Lord? And in this conversation, we see that Jesus is worthy of the highest, the fullest, and the most complete love that we could possibly give him in our life. Why is that? Why is he worthy of our whole heart? Why is he worthy of our complete affection all the days of our life? Well, first of all, because he loves you in spite of your flaws. Aren't you glad about that? He loves us in spite of our flaws. And this is really a fascinating dialogue that takes place between Jesus and Peter. There are subtle and interesting nuances in the words that they each used, and it reveals truth to us both about Peter and the Lord. But this whole conversation concerns one issue, Peter's love for Jesus. And can I tell you folks, when you boil it all down, there's one thing that really ought to concern us today. And there's one thing that will make all the difference in our life. And that is simply this. Do we love Jesus? Do we love Jesus with all of our heart? Well, we see in this story that breakfast was over and Peter's hair still damp from his swim that morning. And all of a sudden, just out of the blue, I'm sure it was somewhat of a tense situation. Peter is keenly aware of his recent failures and how he denied the Lord. And so I imagine he is probably quiet around that breakfast table that morning on the beach. And they finished eating breakfast and it just seems like almost out of, blue, out of the blue, Jesus looked at him and he said to him in verse 15, Simon, Son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And the manner of this address is like, you remember when you were a kid and your mom was wanting to, she was about to tell you something and she wanted to make sure you were listening and it was important. She wanted you not to miss what she was about to convey. And so she would begin by addressing you with your full name. I mean, she'd give your, she'd say your first name, your middle name, your last name, your suffix. She put it all in there. And that's sort of what Jesus is doing here. He says, Simon, son of Jonas. Wants him to have his undivided attention. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And what exactly Jesus meant by these is not completely clear, at least not to me. I, I don't know. Was he asking, do you, do you love me more than this haul of fish you just brought in? Do you love me more than the money that this business would put in your pocket? Do you love me more than the old life that you just have shortly returned to when you said, I go a fishing? Or, or it could be that Jesus was referring to the other disciples when he said, lovest thou me more than these? You'll remember it wasn't that long ago that Peter had boasted in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 33 that his devotion to Jesus was greater than the rest of the disciples. He'd even gone so far as to say, you know, Lord, they may deny you, they may forsake you, but not me, not ever. I'll even die for you. And now he's sitting there on that seashore and Jesus asked this soul penetrating question, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? When Peter answered this penetrating question, it was clear that he was sort of hesitant 
to say anything real boastful again. And so Peter timidly answers in verse 15, yeah, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. But it's very interesting to note that Peter used a different word for love than the word that Jesus used in this question. Now, without boring you with the different Greek words for love that I'll struggle to pronounce and you won't remember anyway, the sense of the conversation was basically this. Jesus said, Peter, do you truly love me? And Peter said, Lord, you know I feel strongly for you. And Jesus would go on to ask the question two more times, and each time Peter was hesitant to say too much about how much he loved Jesus, having recently denied him three times that he even knew him. His recent failures made him realize that his love for the Lord wasn't in truth all that it should be. And so the third time Jesus asked the question, he changed it up, and this time Jesus used the same lesser word for, le for love that Peter had been using. And when he, when he did so, it sort of stung Peter. And Peter finally confessed in verse 7, basically saying this, Lord, you know everything. You know how I truly feel about you. You see, folks, Peter knew that his colossal failure had revealed a flaw in his affection for Jesus. Yes, he did love Jesus, but not as fully and truly as he had once said and thought he did. And yet, don't miss this. Here is Jesus still loving Peter. Here is Jesus still working with Peter and showing forgiveness and granting grace to Peter. You know, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with all of our hearts. And yet at times, if we're honest, we know that our hearts are flawed and we fail him whom our soul loves. And yet, despite how many times I may fail him or you may fail him, the truth changes not. He is worthy of our complete affection. For he loves us with a love that is greater than our love for him. In fact, we know the scriptures tell him we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Ours is a love that's reciprocated. So he is worthy of all of our affection, our complete affection, loving him with all of our heart. Why? First of all, because he loves you in spite of your flaws. I hope this morning you're humble enough to admit and to acknowledge that that you have some flaws, that you have some weaknesses, that you don't have it all together completely and perfect, and that, that there is room for spiritual growth in your life. But even as we acknowledge that, cannot we glory in the truth that Jesus loves us in spite of our flaws? I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning. I don't know what you've experienced in life. I, I don't know who may have abandoned you or who may have abused you at some point in time in your life. But I want you to know that you can find great comfort and hope in your heart today. And knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ knows everything about you and he loves you still. He loves you with all of your flaws. And because he loves you with all of your flaws, he is worthy of your complete affection. I see here, not only does he love you in spite of your flaws, but he leads you in spite of your failures. Each time Peter would say, Lord, you know I love you. Interestingly, whenever he would say that, Jesus would respond to him by giving him a command. Each time the command was a little different, and each time it pointed to what Jesus wanted to do with Peter 
even more than what Peter would do for Jesus. Notice the, notice the repetition, the pattern here. Notice in verse 15, Jesus said, feed my lambs. Then in verse 16, he said, feed my sheep. And, and the words that he's using there for, uh, for feed are words that speak of shepherding and leading. And then again in verse 17, he said, feed my sheep. And this time the word feed was slightly different, but it simply mean to, meant to provide food for them. And you read these verses and you ask yourself, what's going on here? Well, here's what was happening. Peter had denied Jesus three times, but Jesus didn't throw him on the trash heap of life. Peter had failed miserably, not only in loving the Lord, he denied he even knew him. But Jesus wasn't done with him. Jesus was continuing to lead him in spite of his failures. Peter had denied Jesus three times, but Jesus replaced each of these mistakes with a ministry. You see, the sheep belonged to the Lord. He was the good shepherd of the house of Israel. The sheep were his, but Jesus was willing to let a sinner like Peter become the shepherd of his flock. And when I read about that, I'm reminded about the grace of God in my own life. I'm reminded about the amazing love that God has bestowed. Listen, it's, it's incredible, it's amazing, it's unbelievable that Jesus would use any of us with all of our flaws and with all of our failures and our imperfections that he would partner with us and use us as his tools to do the work of the Lord in this world. It is a gracious and kind act of our God. My love for Jesus has never been all that he deserves. But his love for me has always been more than I deserved. And are you not like me because he loves me enough to care for me when I've fallen and call me back to him when I have failed, that I want to love him more and I want to do whatever it is he calls me to do? Isaac Watts was right on target when he wrote in 1707, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Isn't, the, isn't it the love of God that we've experienced in our life, his grace that makes us even in our failures want to return to the Lord, want to do his bidding, want to be used of him, want to serve him? Oh, listen, folks, following Jesus starts with love, his love for us and our love for him. But it doesn't stop there. For following Jesus in our life will lead us somewhere. And in Peter's case, it was going to lead to his own death. And seeing that in this story, we realize not only that Jesus is worthy of your complete affection, but we also understand, secondly, that Jesus is worthy of your costliest action. Each time Peter confessed his affection for Jesus, Jesus responded with a call to action. And that's how God always works in our life. Jesus said, if you love me, what? Keep my commandments. And so each time Peter told him that he loved him, J Jesus assigned him a work. Feed my sheep. And Peter would go on by God's grace to do just that. But there was more to Peter's future than just being a preacher. Peter was also going to be a martyr for the Lord that he followed in the gospel that he preached. You know, it's so easy for you and I from the confines of our comfortable modern day Christianity to sing songs like, oh, how I love Jesus. But brother and sister, can I ask you this morning, 
Do you love him enough to die for him? Yes, Peter did deny the Lord, not once, not twice, but three times. He had a, a, a past failure on his account. He denied the Lord, but later he died for the Lord. And I want you to know this morning that Jesus is worthy of that great a cost, and therefore anything short of that as well. I want you to think with me about this aspect of Peter's life story. First of all, as we look at this passage, think about the prophecy of Peter's death. Jesus called Peter into his ministry, and then with very solemn words, he also told him of his destiny as well. Look at verse 18 of our text. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Now, I'll be honest with you, at least in my mind, this prophecy would seem pretty cryptic had not John told us in the next verse that it was a prophecy about how Peter would die. That phrase, stretch forth thy hands, it's, it's the description of a man who would be stretched out on a cross. Peter, like his Lord, would eventually be crucified and killed by his enemies. And ladies and gentlemen, that is a solemn reminder that following Jesus is not always safe. Followers of Jesus are saved ultimately and will arrive safely in eternity, but there's nothing safe about following Jesus until then. In fact, I dare say if you really follow Jesus and do what He commands you to do, there is going to be a cost in terms of this life. And for many people living still today, that cost may prove to be nothing short of life itself. I don't know if you've known, recognized it or not, but even here in the United States of America, there is a growing hostility toward Christianity. And I'm not so sure, I'm not a doomsday preacher, but I'm not so sure that we or our children or our grandchildren may not face the exact same uh, things that many of our brothers and sisters around the world face, and that is the possibility of being a martyr for Jesus Christ. In an American culture where Many Christians were not even willing to give up their beds this morning, much less their lives. Radical, sacrificial, costly Christianity seems sort of extreme to a lot of mainstream Christians today. And yet, can I tell you, easy, cheap, costless Christianity is not what Jesus died for. And it's not what He calls for of those of us who would choose to follow Him. Therefore, it's the prophecy of Peter's death that we read about here. And if it sounds a little too extreme for your own life, then perhaps the Christ who uttered that prophecy is a little too extreme to be your Lord and Master. Does He call you to be a martyr? Maybe. Maybe not. Is your life too much to lose for His sake? Absolutely not. Because He is worthy of our all. And so we see the prophecy of Peter's death, but notice the product of Peter's death. I don't, you to, I don't want you to miss what God tells us in verse 19. It says, This spake he, signifying by what death, watch it now, he should glorify God. The point is, is the product of Peter's death by crucifixion would be for the glory of God. Could you ever see it that way in your life? What if your death were to come, not by, not by a cross, but what if your death were to come by COVID or cancer 
or a car wreck. And yet that death was God's way of getting glory from you. Would you be all right with that? What if you lost your job and that was a means whereby God ordained that he would get glory from your life? Would you be okay with that? What if God told you to leave everything and to move across the ocean to some poor country and work the rest of your life in obscurity and difficulty just so you could bring glory to his name? Are you good with that? I want you to notice that Jesus didn't ask Peter what he thought about it, what his opinion was of it. He just spoke the prophecy concerning what Peter's ultimate destiny would be, that of dying on the cross as a martyr for the faith. He didn't ask him what he thought about it. He didn't ask him if he had an opinion of it. He just stated the prophecy, and then he said two words, follow me. You know, something I've learned in my own life is Jesus doesn't ask us either what about what we think concerning things that he providentially sends into our lives. And you know why? Because Jesus knows that your life spent for his glory is more valuable than your life being wasted on yourself. So he doesn't check in with us and ask for our permission to send certain trials and testings and troubles into our life. He just says, follow me. And Jesus is infinitely worthy of anything it might cost you to follow him and be his disciples. Just follow him. And in eternity, you'll see that whatever you gave up for him is nothing compared to the treasure you gained in him. And Jesus is called to all of us who have been born again by faith alone in Christ today. Listen to me. If you're a Christian, if you're saved, if you know that heaven is your eternal home, Jesus says, now you spend your life committed to following me. Why? Because Jesus is worthy of your complete affection. He loves you in spite of your flaws, and he leads you in spite of your failures. Why do we follow him? Because Jesus is worthy of the costliest action. And so it matters not what we may be called upon in the will of God for our life to give up or to suffer. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Jesus is worthy of your costliest action. And thirdly, Jesus is worthy of your constant attention. The call to Peter was very clear. Jesus said, follow me. And Pastor Wilkerson, when I read that, I believe that Peter was willing to do that. But no sooner did Peter hear that call than we find him having to learn a hugely important life lesson. And that is this. Look right up here. Following Jesus means keeping your eyes on him and on nothing or no one else. Let me say that again. Following Jesus means keeping your eyes on him and on nothing and no one else. The Apostle John closes this chapter by telling us a story that involves both himself as well as Peter. And in that story, we learn why we have to give Jesus our constant attention as we follow him. Why we can't afford to get our eyes off of him onto something or someone else. And so we learn that if we stay focused on Jesus, 
following Him and focus on Him, we learn, first of all, you won't be distracted. At the end of verse 19, Jesus said to Peter once again, follow me. Remember, they were sitting on the seashore eating breakfast with the other disciples, and He says to him, follow me. And then they go for a walk. And verse 20 begins by saying, Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following. Okay, stay with me. Keep the scenario in your mind. Peter had just been called to follow Jesus. And then, presumably, they got up and literally go for a walk. And immediately, Peter hasn't hardly been walking at all following Jesus. He takes his eyes off Jesus, and he turns around to see if anyone else is following Jesus with him. And when he turns around, he sees John following in the distance. And seeing John coming and following the Lord along with Peter, his mind goes back to that prophecy concerning his death. And John Peter then looked at Jesus and he said, And Lord, what shall this man do? And the Lord's answer to Peter's question was essentially this, Pete, mind your own business, son. What great advice for each of us. As we try to live our life for the Lord and as we try to follow Him and serve Him and love Him with all of our heart, listen to me, you will do so best by minding your own business. Quit worrying about what other Christians are doing or not doing. You just focus on following Jesus in, in your own life. Quit concerning yourself with inspecting what other men and what other ministries are doing, and don't concern yourself with that. Stay focused on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Him, and you follow Him and do what He's called you to do. In verse 22, the Lord said to Peter, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. In other words, Peter, focus on doing the will of the Lord in your own life. Just follow Jesus. Jesus is worthy of your constant attention. And if you'll focus on Him and follow Him, number one, you won't be distracted. And lastly, you won't be disappointed. Now look at verse 24 and 25 as we begin to wrap things up. Verse 24 and 25, the final verses of the final chapter of the Gospel of John, says... This is the disciple which testifieth of these things, and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there were also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. And so what happens in these final two verses of our text is this. John attests to the truthfulness of all that he has said in telling the story of Jesus in the Gospel of John. He says, all that I've told you about that I've seen and heard and experienced, all of it is true. And then he speaks under divine inspiration, yes, but with a little bit of hyperbole. And he says, I didn't even tell you all of it. If I had told you everything of all that Jesus had ever done, the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. And in closing his book, John is basically saying this. I have tried to tell you the story of Jesus, but it is greater and more glorious than I could ever tell you or you could ever imagine. 
And I promise you that if you will just follow him, you will find him to be better than any other pursuit in life. And for all eternity, you will rejoice that in your earthly life, you just followed Jesus.